Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Hi, I'm Miranda Wright, and this is day 53 of our 120-day Upper Room prayer campaign. And today we're going to make a commitment to be all in. Yesterday we talked about the spirit of Elijah and how desperately that character is needed in this generation. And if there's one thing I can say that would sum up the entirety of the character of Elijah is that he was all in. He was running the race to win. And so I say, my friend, we need a people that will fully abandon their sin and make a commitment that they will count the cost, pick up their cross and follow after Jesus with everything that they have, that they would lay their life on the altar. Paul said that we ought to be a living sacrifice and that it is our reasonable duty to do so. If Jesus Christ was so willing to die for us, we ought to be just as willing to live for him. My friend, I need a people that are all in. Jesus has a lot of fans, but not a lot of real followers. The church has a lot of consumers and customers, but not a lot of committed, consecrated, disciplined disciples. It's got a lot of leaders and readers and flesh and ego feeders, but not a lot of believers. My friend, I need a people that are all in. Because some people run the race just to get the waves from the people on the sidelines, but not for the prize. Their eyes are not on the prize. They're not looking to Christ, to eternity. And so they run for a little while. And when it starts to get difficult, when the path gets narrow, when the obstacles arise and the stumbling blocks and the enemy starts throwing darts and speaking lies, they step aside and wait on the sideline. But there are those who are all in. They are running the race to win. And so today I want to open your eyes to the reality of what it truly means to be baptized in Christ. Because if we can grasp the reality of what Jesus is actually saying, then we'll stop straying and start praying. And you'll see more people demonstrating the overcoming victorious power of our Christ because his life will begin to manifest through ours but it comes at a price because Jesus said that you must pick up your cross and follow me but first count the costs because I will have no pleasure in those that draw back and so to that I want to read you something in John chapter 13 verse 26 we read this scene from the last supper where Jesus had just revealed that he was going to be betrayed by a dear friend, someone who was at the very table, one of his own church, one who looked the part on the outside, but didn't have his heart on the inside. And so the disciples asked, well, who is it, Lord? And Jesus answered, he it is whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. And when he dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot the son of Simon. Now for clarity's sake, the word sop here just means a crumb or a morsel, a piece of bread. But the word in this passage that I specifically want you to look at today is the word dipped. He dipped the sop or the morsel into 
some form of liquid. Because you see in the original text, in the Greek text, the word here that was translated to dipped is the word bapto, which means to be wholly covered with liquid. And when we hear this word bapto, knowing that it means to be completely covered by a liquid, it immediately brings to our mind the word baptism. However, the word bapto is never used in reference to being baptized in Jesus in the original text. And we have to ask why. Because you see, when the Bible references baptism in Jesus, such as in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, a different word is always used. The word is baptizo, which has a very different meaning than that of bapto. You see, baptizo means to be submerged and to abide in the submerging becoming saturated by it to completely absorb and be changed by that which the item is submerged in so that in the end the item has as much of what it is submerged in in it as it is in the substance that it is submerged so that the item now becomes a carrier of the substance this my friend can only take place by a continual abiding in that which the item is submerged this is true baptism in Jesus Christ and not just a one-time dipping like Judas's bread let me clarify this may seem a little complicated and wordy but I can give you a visual that will make you understand it completely the common analogy used to explain the difference between the two is the process of making pickles because you see, when you make pickles, you dip or bapto the cucumbers in hot water. You put them in, but then you take them right back out. They go in a cucumber and they come out a cucumber. They've just been dipped. But then you submerge or baptizo them in the brine, which is the salty vinegar solution, and you leave them there. They have to stay long enough. They must abide. They must be submerged in the brine. This is a true baptismo. The cucumber is now in the brine. And as it abides in the brine, it becomes so saturated by the presence of the brine that now the cucumber is in the brine and the brine is in the cucumber and it is completely changed into something new and different, which is the pickle, to the point that if you remove the pickle from the brine for a short time, it is now a carrier of the brine because that it has abided so long in the presence. And in this do we see true baptism, that when we abide in the presence, when we are baptized, baptismo, submerged and soaked in the abiding presence of Jesus Christ, we are in Jesus and he is in us so that we can then go out and carry that presence to the world. But you're going to run out if you don't come back and abide this is why he's coming back for a bride that abides because it is in the abiding that he saturates you, that he changes you, and that you can go out and then he will be emanated from you. If you're just dipped once a week on Sunday, my friend, you've got nothing to carry out into the world. You've got to find that place of prayer. You've got to be like Elijah was. You've got to get in that cave and seek his presence. You've got to discipline your flesh with prayer and fasting. You've got to press into that place place where you are in the presence of the king you've got to worship you've got to love him you've got 
to learn, to abide. This is why Jesus continually sought to teach his disciples how to pray. Because it's in that place of prayer that we connect to the vine and abide and truly begin to come alive. In John 15 verse 4, he says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, that cucumber is not made with brine in it. It has to abide to be saturated by it. And he's saying in the same manner, the branch can do nothing in and of itself except it abide and draw from the root, which is Christ. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it Abide in the vine. My friend, I say it again, that if you are not taking time to allow him to pour in to you, you have nothing to pour out but flesh and it will bring nothing but death. We have got to spend time in the presence, in the spirit of God so that we will be in him and he will be with us and we will be so permeated and penetrated and saturated with the very spirit of the living God that we go out and be a carrier of it and emanate it to the world so that they can see the power of the presence of almighty God. We are the gates. We are the doors. He says, lift up your head, ye ancient gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, for the king of glory is coming in. He wants to come in, but he's only going to come in through those who are all in and have been all in in that place of abiding. We need to be baptized in Christ again. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. So if you're doing anything Without spending that abiding time being filled by him, then what you are doing is nothing. It will amount to nothing. The word of God says that many men cause others to labor in the fire until the people are weary. And it is all for vanity because it will do nothing. If it is not birthed in a place of prayer and abiding and in the saturation of the presence of the spirit of the living God, It will amount to nothing. It is vanity. But in that place of prayer, in that abiding where you connect to that root, that is where you begin to produce the righteous, holy fruit of the living God. He continues to say, if a man abideth not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned because they are unfruitful and therefore they are useless. And so he says, if you abide in me, my words will abide in you. Ye shall ask whatever ye will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. This is what it takes biblically to even truly be a Christian. Because remember that the Bible says in the book of Acts that the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. We tend to separate in our mind a difference between a regular Christian and a disciple of Christ. But that is not biblical because biblically, if you are not a disciple, then you cannot be a Christian because the word Christian was simply a new name for the disciples. Therefore, this is required to truly be a real Christian. Church, I'm telling you, we've got to learn how to be all 
all in how to be baptized in Christ. Again, it's more than a word. It's more than a profession because Jesus said many will profess that I am their Lord. And I will say, I never knew you. You're still working iniquity. They might have got dipped, but they didn't get baptismo. They didn't get changed. Jesus said, you must be converted. You must be born again. You must go through a change. And that change comes in this place of abiding when we get in the presence so that the presence can get in us and change us and permeate us and go forth out into the world through us that we might be the very gates of heaven. Jesus said that if you do this, then you will be my disciples. He continues to say, as the father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. My friend, if we truly love him, then we will desire to abide with him. We will be driven to that place of prayer and intimacy and reading of his word and being taught personally by him. But if we don't truly believe, you see, the Bible says that those who come to God must believe that he is God and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him because without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. If we truly believe that he is God, then we will seek him for everything, knowing that he will reward us for trusting, for believing, for having faith more in him than in ourselves, than in our intuition, than in our impulses, than in the tools of the land or the works of man or the labors of our hand. We will surrender our own will. We will have more faith in his. And we will search that will out in that place of prayer and abiding. We will be all in. In Romans eleven twenty, it says, Well, because of unbelief, some were broken off. And thou standest in faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branch. You see, my friend, I'm trying to help you to comprehend the reality that A true baptism is not even about water. Though we do do that symbolically to make a public profession of our faith, it's really about becoming completely immersed in Jesus himself. It's about diving into his presence and abiding there day after day until you become so saturated by it that it changes you into a carrier of it. Jesus died so that you could come boldly before the throne of grace and abide there in God's presence until his presence saturates you and abides in you. But it takes a continual abiding or else you will begin to dry up. Because in Romans eleven twenty, it says that because of unbelief, some were broken off. So though you stand by faith, be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branch, take heed, lest he also spare not thee. Behold, therefore is both the goodness and the severity of God to them which fail severity, but to thee goodness, if thou continue, if thou abide in his goodness. Otherwise, thou shalt also be cut off. It's not a sometime dipping, my friend. He's looking for a people who are all in, who will abide, who will continually be submerged in the presence of the Lord God Almighty. He gives the warning. He gives the warning that if, that if you are not constant in prayer, the Bible says pray without ceasing. The Bible says be constant in prayer. 
The disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray. I love Leonard Ravenhill's comments when he says, if there would be more agonizing and less organizing, the church might actually get somewhere. If you enter into Jesus' love, blood, presence, fellowship, relationship, and then cease to daily abide in that presence for anything, then you are bapto and not baptizo. You are dipped like Judas's bread. You went in and you came out. Because my friend, I tell you again to remember that Jesus said, I will have no pleasure in them that draw back. Because when you enter into the presence of God, through the blood of God, come into relationship with God, and then cease to abide in it, you are actually betraying his heart, just like Judas. My friend, any man who still pretends to be Christ's disciple, while having soul out to sin, and come into agreement with hell, betrays Jesus with a kiss. How many today claiming to belong to Christ while being in agreement with hell or betraying him with their heart, thoughts, and actions while kissing him in public so that others won't see what everyone already knows and in doing so or putting Christ to an open shame because in Hebrews 6, 6 it says that when one falls away, they crucify the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. You see, my friend, Jesus came to win. He was all in and he's looking for a people who are all in with him. The word of God says that when he was crucified on the cross, he disarmed powers and principalities and put them to an open shame because it publicly showed that he had overcome them. But when you go and you claim the name and you're only dipped in, but you're not all in and you return to that sin or that compromise or profess your faith in other things, you are showing forth the lie and the vanity that the enemy is able to overcome our king and put Christ to an open shame. There are many that do it, but God's not in it. It is the work of hell. But I'm here to tell you, my friend, that one life willing to give it all and be truly baptized in Christ to be saturated, permeated, and then emanated out to others to demonstrate it can break all the lies of hell and put that enemy to an open shame once again. When you prove the overcoming power of the blood and name of Jesus Christ. My friend, stop talking the talk. Be all in and prove it with your life. Be a living sacrifice. Hebrews 10, 29 says, Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall they be thought worthy who have trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith this person was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. This is talking about a person who had been sanctified, blood bought, covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. They were dipped in, but they didn't stay in. They removed themselves from the presence, from that place of continual prayer and abiding, from that place of trusting in faith on the words that God has to say. They stopped listening. They stopped hearing. They stopped obeying. They stopped doing. They started straying because they were not praying. And so they did despite to the spirit of grace. 
My friend, I tell you today that if you're not becoming more saturated and changed by the presence of the Holy Spirit every single day, then you are not abiding. You are betraying. If you are not growing, you are dying. If you're not praying, you're straying. If you look back to remember a time of deep intimacy with Christ instead of looking forward with anticipation to the next encounter, then you've already given it up and settled for a memory rather than a relationship. Abiding in love is a present tense consisting, not a past tense reminiscing. It's time to repent, return to your first love, lay every other love, distraction, ambition, and agreement with hell aside and abide. It's time to be baptized in Jesus Christ, completely immersed, soaked, saturated in his presence and stay there. Because anything that calls you, draws you, or pulls you away from that is 30 pieces of silver. Don't trade your relationship with Jesus for it because you can't have both. You might still kiss him in front of others, but your heart has betrayed him and he knows it. That's why he's not kissing you back. Jesus is real. He is a real person with a real personality and real presence that wants a real relationship. Stop breaking his heart. It's time to decide that you're going all in and staying in no matter the cost. And you're not backing down or getting out no matter the price offered. Though all the world may hate me, Jesus, I love you. I am all in. Because my friend, I remind you again that in the book of Revelations, We are given a glimpse into the problem with the church in every nation and in every generation. When Jesus gives us a list of these churches and all the things they're doing right and then the things they're doing wrong and then he tells us, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will open the door unto me, if they will listen to me, I will come in and sup with them. I will come in and abide. I will be there. They will be my bride. But I'm not coming in until you deal with these sins because I will not share my glory with another. And there's already another lover. There's another spirit. There's something there. And I'm not going to mix with it. And we've talked about some of those issues, that spirit of Jezebel, that doctrine of Balaam, the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. But this is the one that gets those who've got it right. When the enemy causes you in your pride, to not abide. Because it says in Revelations chapter 2, verse 2, I know thy works and thy labors, thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say that they are apostles, but are not. These people are faithful. They are discerning and has found them liars and has borne and has patience and for my name's sake has labored and not fainted. Man, this sounds like an awesome church. Nevertheless, I have something against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Remember from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the first works or else I will come unto you quickly and I will remove my candlestick out of his place except thou repent. My friend, the candlestick is the Holy Spirit. God will not tolerate the Holy Spirit being grieved by being rejected or neglected. This church was doing everything right in the physical. 
but they had neglected to be the bride and abide. They weren't spending time with their first love. And God was saying, I will not leave him there to be neglected as such. I will remove him and you'll be left with nothing but works. Vanity. The people will be wearied laboring in the fire and it will amount to nothing. So my friend, I tell you again, we need a people who are all in, that are in it to win it, that are willing to be submerged in the presence of God Almighty. Yes, Lord, we read your word, but unless you are here teaching it to us, revealing it to us, it is vanity. Yes, Lord, we want to do the work and the charity and all that which needs to be done, but unless we are abiding and getting your heart and your instruction on how to do it, it will amount to nothing. Yes, we want to have the right talk and the right walk, and we want to look the part, but unless we have your heart, it amounts to nothing, and we will not have anything to pour out unless we have first sat and been saturated, that we might be filled up, poured into, so that we might have something to carry out. My friend, I need someone who is all in, because we need people who are carriers of the fire of God, of the very presence of the Holy Spirit that will move in signs, wonders, miracles, authority, power. But unless we are willing to abide, to be all in, to not just be dipped here or there, one day a week, once in a while, we've got to every day get in his presence and pray because that's how it's done. That's how you become saturated. That's how two become one. When you abide, when you live together, when you commune together, when you have that time together, Because one of the main reasons that God uses the analogy of the bridegroom and the bride is because that God wants us to be one with him. And that only happens when we abide. So I ask you again, my friend, are you all in? And if you are, then you need to find that place of prayer and get there every day and praise and worship and pray and don't move until you've heard what he has to say. Because anything else is vanity. It's unbelief. It's trusting in the works of man in our own hands. It's bapto. It's going in and coming out again, but not being converted, changed, baptized in Christ. God, we want to be submerged. And we want to stay there. Until you bring us newness of life, we want to come out a pure and spotless bride, a whole new creature, a new creation in Christ. Not what we were, but what you want us to be, what this world really needs. Not just a new message about Christianity, but a new demonstration of the power of our Christ. God, give me a people that will commit to sit and submit and be in your presence until they are permeated and saturated by it, that they might be carriers of it out into this world that so desperately needs it. God, give me a people who will abandon self, pride, distractions, ambition, and sin and be all in. Give me a people who are baptized in Jesus again. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, 
Be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.